Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fresh Off the Set. I'm Alora Murray. And I'm Sarah Jenkins. And I get to sit down today and talk to Eric Mika, who is a basketball player, and now he is a podcast host, um, Now for Later, and he talks about, he talks to athletes about going after dreams after maybe their career has ended, how to set themselves up for success, um, and it just got me thinking, Sarah, did you always want to be in broadcast or was there another dream you had and you kind of pivoted? Yeah, I love this question. I love this topic because I think so many people might have a passion or a dream. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're fed so much in society that things have to be linear. And Mm -hmm. if it doesn't necessarily pan out right away, kind of to give that up. And uh, your discussion with him, it relates. I so get it because I grew up thinking that I wanted to get into broadcasting. I loved writing. I loved journalism. But Mm -hmm. after I graduated college, um, I kind of pivoted and I ended up doing uh, uh, medical equipment sales for years. And so there was almost a good decade where I stepped away from journalism in general and broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I didn't still follow it or love it, um, but just life took me in a different direction. And now that I'm back in what I knew I always loved, I feel mm-hmm. so fortunate. But our lives are not always linear. Different things no. come up. Absolutely. And I feel like you've had similar, like most people have had certain things that yeah. didn't go linear, right? Yeah. Like and passions. I mean, me and Eric talk a little bit about it in the podcast, but I was going to be a professional dancer. That's what I wanted to do. Um, I got hurt in high school, um, hurt my ankle, and it never quite healed right. And for those of you out there who are ballet dancers, you know when you do point, if you don't have that ankle strength, then it's just not going to happen. And I thought for the longest time that it was going to solve itself. It was going to figure itself out, Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't. And yeah. then my knees got pretty messed up because dance is just hard. It's hard and on I, your body yeah. overall. I'm the opposite of a dancer, but yeah. friends, and I heard you tell stories. And it's I, rough. Yeah, and I ended up needing to have surgery on both of my knees. And as I was healing, I was like, you know what? This is just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like I, and it was really hard for me. Like I said, we talk about it a little more. Um, that was my identity. Right. I was a dancer. And so when that was gone, I was like, what am I going to do? And soul shaking. You're really asking all these like long-term questions and reevaluating, right? Who you are as a person, you know? And it was very much, I finally, I I had thought about broadcast before and then I thought about it more, got into the program and I just thought this is another way for me to tell stories. This is another way for me to tell other people's stories, bring some joy and light into people's life. So I kind of pivoted, um, but he is great. It is a great interview. He talks about how to help athletes, why it's so important to him personally. What do you say we take a listen? Let's do it. I'm Laura Murray, and I am so excited because I am sitting here with Eric Mika, who is a former BYU basketball player and now podcast host. Eric, thank you so much for yes. coming into our podcast studio. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. We are so excited to have you here. All right, let's start from the beginning. Yes, the let's very beginning. Let's go be- back to the beginning. The Rewind. actual beginning. <laughs> the actual beginning. It was 1995. <laughs> 
Oh, well, no, we're going kidding. way no, far no, no, back. No, just kidding. Well, let's go back to the beginning when you first fell in love with yeah. basketball. Yeah. Maybe that was 1995. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually loved just all sports in general, right? Uh-huh. I, I played them all growing up. Baseball, basketball, football, soccer. I tried hockey for like a day. But just turns a out, day. Turns out you have to be a good <laughs> skater to be able to play hockey. I mean, it's a tiny little prerequisite, yeah, maybe. I mean, it helps. <laughs> so they had me on this cone for, I think, that whole day, mm-hmm. you know, to help teach me how to skate and I was like no this sucks I just want to play hockey hockey's gone hockey was out everything else was in played them all lacrosse was actually my favorite for a long time it's what my older siblings played (laughs) Um, we grew up in Boston so it's a big sport there Uh, and then honestly I just kept growing like every year in high I was like 6'4 going into freshman year so already tall and I just kept growing like two inches each year until I got to 6'10 and as I kept growing taller I kept going more and more like I should just play basketball. Like basketball might be better suited for my body. Instead of getting hit (laughs) by these metal poles, I'll just play basketball. So I really started to take it seriously probably when I was about 16, my kind of sophomore, more like junior year of high school. So not that early, you know, like compared to I think kids nowadays, what what they're being told is a good time to get into it. Uh Um, So a little bit later, but, you know, I just started putting in the work. And when you put in that much work, you just – you either love it or you don't. And I loved it. So it just took off from there. And there you go. I mean, you're 6'10". That's about the same height I am. We're pretty close. Sitting down, we're actually, <laughs> you're looking at me and I'm cross-eyed because of this mic, but but we're eye level. There, so I you see, could be 6'10". Yeah, basically. Let's just tell people that who are listening. They can't see me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about how your career evolved over the years yeah. that eventually led you to BYU. How did that kind of happen? Yeah. So again, it kind of, lacrosse is just getting a major shout out. Um my older brother was playing lacrosse at BYU. All okay. of my siblings had gone there. My parents went there. So I was just like, I'll just play lacrosse at BYU. You know, that's what yeah. my brother's doing. I'd love to play with him. We are super, we are super close. Sorry, Alec. We, we are super close. We <laughs> they not, still not are. Aware. Yeah, we're still friends. Still <laughs> like him. Things are good. Um, And so I was like, I'll just go there and play with him. But as I told you, I got better and better at basketball. I got more into it. And then the opportunity came along my junior year when I, when I transferred to Lone Peak that I got offered in basketball. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. I'll just stick to the plan. I'll go to BYU. I'll room with my brother, stay close to home. And, and, you know, it was probably the easiest recruiting pitch that that staff ever had because (laughs) I had two friends already, already committed there. My brother was living there. Like I said, my whole family had been there. I'd grown up a BYU fan. So I was just like, yeah, I mean, of course I'm going to go there. I didn't even listen to any other offers the rest of my high school career. Um, so yeah, then I ended up there. It wasn't very hard for them to get me, but super, super. <laughs> they didn't even have to form a full question. No. You just were, interrupted. Oh, yes. it was kind of just, I just already knew. <laughs> they were like, do you want to come here on scholarship? I was like, well, yeah, like, yeah, duh. <laughs> I was planning on it. So sure. Love it. Okay. Easy enough. What is, this is going to be a hard question. Yeah. I bet. What was one of your favorite memories of playing on that team? Uh, that is tough. Um, I see, I knew it. It's very, very tough. (laughs) I'll I'll give you two um, because I was only there for two years. My first year, I'd say going to the NCAA tournament when we had like a, I don't even know, what do they call it? Selection Sunday Mm -hmm. where they pick all the teams and they give them their their rankings, who they're going to be playing and all that. And we went to Coach Rose's house and he has this theater room and we all sat in there. We were crowded in there because we had the whole team. We had families. We had the staff and and they announced us and, and you know we had a good feeling that we were going to get selected but you just never know yeah it can be really really it, it's hard and sometimes team that deserve it they don't mm-hmm. get in so yeah. 
you never know 100%. And we got selected. And I remember, I think I blacked out. Like, I got so excited. Like, everyone was screaming. I probably stood up from the ground. I was laying down. And, and then I, like, I didn't, like, pass out or anything. But I just, like, couldn't even remember that It was, like, an outer moment. body experience. Yes. It was, it was wild. So that was very, very exciting. I'd say the second one was my, my last year there. Um, we played at Gonzaga. And, you know, we had an up and down year, pretty solid team, but, but still very young. And so we didn't win like we were hoping to, like everyone was hoping to. Yeah. But you get to the last regular season game. Um, like I said, I feel like, I don't know, we we just, we didn't feel like we, we reached our potential. And um, so it was kind of a tough year, I think, mentally for everyone on the team. Yeah. But we kind of got to the last game and we were just guns a-blazing, no pressure. We were playing the number one team in the country, which was Gonzaga. Ooh. We were playing at their place, so it was rocking. And it was their senior night. So, oh, it, wow. I mean, it okay. was just like the triple threat. It was the big <laughs> three. Lots of things uh, stacked and, up against you. Right. And, and to start the game, we were nervous. We were down like 20 to two, I think. So bad way to start. And we came back, we won. They were undefeated and we, we were their first loss. They were, you know, they would have been 30 and 0. They were 29 and 1 because uh-huh. of that. I mean, it was just wild. Like, like that crowd from before the game to after, like the silence that there was, it was like palpable. It was, it was insane. It was super, super fun. I'll never forget that or forget that team. What a memory. And honestly, I went to BYU. Nice. And my uncle and my cousin are huge BYU basketball fans. And I still remember them freaking out yeah. about that game. It was a wild game. Very, <laughs> so very So your favorite game. memory is one of theirs. That's good. That's <laughs> my, my father-in-law is funny. He like still has it on his DVR. He's like, do you want to watch the game? I'm like, no, I don't want to watch the game. I'm good. <laughs> You're like, well, I, played I actually, it. I lived it. <laughs> yeah. That was me living it. But I sneak in the highlights every once in a while. I mean, no one's going to judge you for that. I of course to. you have to. Have you have to. to. So after BYU, you played on... Uh, G League Ignite yes. and helped the U.S. qualify. Yes. Um, talk to me about that. Yeah, so, all right, this might be a long-winded answer. I'm uh, ready. G League Ignite, so that was this last season. That was my sixth season pro. Before then, I was in Italy, Germany, Sacramento with the Kings, mm-hmm. um, and in there, a little bit of G League, also a little bit of China, but that's another story. Then Serbia, then France, and then this last year was with Ignite. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so being kind of all over. Um and super, super fun year. It was really awesome being close. Um, you know, we were in Henderson right outside of Vegas. Got to be part of the journey of these young guys. There were four of them that got drafted. One of them was Scoot Henderson, who was drafted number three. And, you know, they have us, these kind of older guys as vets. Um, you know, I'm only 28, but, like, these kids are 17, 18, 19. Oh, boy. Yeah, they're kids. Like, yeah. they couldn't believe I was married yeah. and had children, you know. Like, they were like <laughs> what? What's wrong with you? Um <laughs> How old are you? Well, You're ancient. I'm like, you have, I'm like, you have parents. They had kids. They're not that old. Um, anyways, super, super fun. You know, seeing their progression and their growth in just like six, seven months. There were a couple of guys that um, very talented, had all the tools, but they just hadn't put it together because they're so young. So to be part of that and at the same time be able to show showcase my skills, uh-huh. you know, get to play a lot of the, lot of the game because we're relied on as the older players um, to help be in the game was a lot of fun. Now the USA thing, um, I played for the USA qualifying team. I played six games you generally have 12 in the, you know, the span of two years. So they're all spread out. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I went to, I went to Puerto Rico. I went to Cuba. I went to Colombia. I had a game in Vegas. Um, I had a game in DC. So all over representing the U S which is super, super cool. And and it's a tough job because you get, you know, 12 guys thrown together 
And in five or six days, you're supposed to be a polished team that's buying into the system and plays super hard and plays a team that's played together their whole life. You know, we played Puerto Rico. They've been together since they were kids, you know, all on the same team, all the way up to World Cup. They've played in World Cup. They played in Olympics. And we're supposed to beat them, right, because we're the U.S. So very, very hard, but very gratifying. Um, And then to be brought on with with the national team and scrimmage with them and practice with them in Spain and Abu Dhabi. I mean, I got back like two days ago. It was it was amazing. Like really, really it was like, amazing. Is your jet lag like? Is your inner time clock so thrown off? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay because I have I have a newborn, so it's like. So it you was were always sleep off. anyway. Yeah, it was always <laughs> off. It doesn't matter where I am or where I'm coming home from. I don't sleep, so I'm great. <laughs> okay, there you go. Easy enough. Yeah, long-winded answer. I warned you though. I well, I asked it, and yeah. it was a great answer. All right, now let's talk about what's going on now. And yes. I use the word now. Nice. Because <laughs> Very see well what done. I did there? Yes. Your own podcast now for later. Let's yes. talk about that. What was the inspiration behind it? How did it start? Long-winded answers are just fine. I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say. I can't put this in a minute. Okay. So I'll try and be in as precise as I can. You're good. Concise and precise. Good <laughs> words. So I was in the G League. The G League is a very short season compared to other places. When I was overseas, you're generally there for nine months, sometimes 10, like really long time. Okay. G League is six months, Ooh. max seven, right? Mm-hmm. So I get to the end of the season. I have, I have lots of time. I was home in April. I also was kind of nursing this um, ankle injury. So I really wasn't able to do anything. Um, you know, I, I, I spoke, I spoke to a couple of my mentors and they were like, you need to do something other than basketball. Like you have time, uh, you, you literally have all the time in the world. You can't work out, so you should do something. Mm -hmm. Um, so they, you know, suggested an internship. So I asked around, I met with a couple of different people. I got one in Salt Lake or in Cottonwood with a venture capitalist firm. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. Like from day one, I was blown away with how much I didn't know, Mm -hmm. which with how much, difference there was in these worlds you know between Mm -hmm. business and sports but then also with how much how many similarities there were like I thought for sure once I finished basketball I was never going to meet anyone cool or funny or interesting like you know I have the coolest funniest most interesting Mm -hmm. people in the locker room right like very very big characters and I was just I just never thought I'd meet those people outside of basketball and I did you know like fun office atmosphere really interesting things like different from day to day like pushing me mentally and emotionally and physically like got out of my comfort zone it was so good for me and as good as it was for me I was also on the other side going why why didn't I do this in high school why didn't I do this Mm -hmm. while I was in college why didn't I do this my first year pro instead of waiting my sixth year you know so Mm -hmm. part of me was kind of kicking myself like athletes need to be doing this as soon as possible because it's inevitable right Mm -hmm. like your your career is going to end whether it's after high school because you never get a scholarship offer or whether, or you, maybe you have a, something going on with your family or your health. Right? Same thing goes with college. Same, same thing goes with pros. Like the numbers are just against athletes, right? Yeah. The chances of you making it from, you know, high schooler with a dream, which is great, yeah. to a pro that can live off how much you make as a pro for the rest, you know, just coast off your earnings. Mm-hmm. The chances are like 0.000 to infinity one, right? Like oh, geez, yeah. very low chances. So this podcast is just for people like me that need to hear, like, do something, right? Get an internship, take the harder class, do some research on where to go to school and, and pick the right major, mm-hmm. you know, um, get a LinkedIn page, 
network, like all these little things, like they're little and they can be secondary to your sport and your dream. Absolutely. But they're important because the end of your career is inevitable. So why not just prepare on the side? I love that. I went through something similar. I ended up with an injury and I was a dancer forever. Yeah, and I had to same pivot. exact thing. I had to, I had Big to pivot. pivot. It was incredibly hard because my whole life, that's what I was. I was a dancer. And then you have to pivot. So why do you think life after sports can be so hard for athletes? Well, you kind of hit it on the head right there. Um, You know, I kind of going into this because I was in this business mode. I was recently enamored with with business and venture capital investing and and Mm -hmm. this language that I didn't speak. Mm -hmm. So I expected all these athletes that that I had on the show to tell me, yeah, business, 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 do this, intern here read this book, go to this school, get an MBA, you know, and, and some athletes did give me that advice, you know, and give our listeners that advice, but a lot of it, which has been cool. And and what I'm finding is that's only a piece and that's what makes it hard. It's hard to figure out what that pivot is and, and how to find your next career. But when, what you said hits it right on the head, that's the other piece that makes it hard. You said I was a dancer, right? The other part is the identity. Absolutely. And that's what I'm finding so many athletes and whatever it is, when you pivot, it's so hard to just like have what you define yourself just gone, right? Uh-huh. I'm a basketball player or every time someone meets me, oh yeah, you're the basketball player. Or they okay. talk to my wife, oh yeah, you're married to the basketball player, right. right? So I'm, you know, defined as just this one thing. And so that's, I, you know, pivoting, finding a new career is really hard, but so is finding like a new identity, right? Oh, it's so hard. So, so hard. And so that's, that's kind of been like our first pivot, but like micro pivot and sort of discovery within this podcast is let's help athletes prepare for, for a career after, but let's also help them, you know, gain confidence in other aspects of their life, right? So that they don't identify themselves while they're playing as just one thing that they're more than one, one dimensional. And that's been really, really cool. Absolutely. Okay. You have had some very impressive guests on your podcast. Not as impressive as you. We'll never, say that. Never, never. <laughs> we'll say that, Eric. Not, not as cool, for sure. Yeah, Steve Young, John Stockton, Sharif O'Neal. Um, trying to think who else. Jeremy Jones, the snowboarder from here in Salt Lake. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, two-time Super Bowl winner. Yep, yep. Uh, Harrison Barnes, Avery Bradley. Um, got some really, with Team USA, got some really solid. Uh, Darren Williams mm-hmm. as well. Got some really solid commitments. I won't say anyone's names now, but season two, stay tuned. We're going to have a lot of really fun people. There you go. Coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just been cool. I, I think the coolest thing is, one, that they've all said yes. Like, I don't think I, 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 I've known at least someone in between me and said star, you know, or if I don't know them personally. So I think it's very cool that they're saying yes. One, because it's sort of showing me that there is a need. That, mm-hmm. that they do see that this is important and, and needs Absolutely. to be talked about and needs to be said. Um, two, I think it's cool for them to give back to younger gen- generations of athletes. Um, so it's been cool that they said yes. And then two, just hearing their stories as as human beings, you know, like you do all this Wikipedia research and, and, and Google research, you find their bios with their teams or with mm-hmm. the, you know, the Olympic website, whatever it is. And most of it, is like especially i'm thinking of wikipedia you look at the tabs and it's like high school college professional and and it's just like talking about stats and stats and stats and the story of of their professional careers and then at the very bottom they'll have this little thing and it's like personal life and it gives like one (laughs) tiny little like oh they also have a family and they care about things and Uh they're human beings you know so hearing the human side and and how they 
made that transition, how they wish they could have, you know, made that transition a little better has been really, really cool. Um, and I think important for young athletes and just people in general to, to hear. I absolutely agree. Well, stories are what connects us. Mm -hmm. Stories and being able to relate to each other is what connects us. What is some of the best advice that you have received on your podcast? That is tough. That is really, really tough. So maybe it's the first thing that comes to your head. You don't have to say it was the best, but the first thing that comes to your head that was just solid, good advice. I'm going to say I love giving two-part answers. (laughs) We love it. Okay, good. So the first one I'd say is like when we thought of this idea, like the genesis of our podcast and the thesis of it, right? Uh I think someone who hit it on the head was Steve Young. I mean, he had an amazing football career, but also an amazing career off the field, right? As a commentator, as an investor, as someone with an amazing foundation that means something, as someone that's super open about mental health and and all the things he's gone through. I mean, really, really amazing. We could have been on there for three hours, but he's Steve <laughs> Young, so I only had about 40 minutes. Um, but he said this, and I think the most important thing for young athletes, um, like this ties right into what we're trying to do. He said, always have a dream and a plan. You need to have both those things. So as a high school kid, he had a dream to go to college and play football. But his dad said, whoa, 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 okay, cool. But, you know, the chances are slim. What's your actual plan? Like, what's the 80%? plan instead of the 1% goal, right? You have to have both. And then he got to college and he did start playing and he, you know, he got some, some stardom to him and, and his dad still said, okay, cool. It's going good. But what's your dream? What's your plan? He said, my dream is playing the NFL. My plan is still finish law school, right? Mm -hmm. Then he gets to the NFL and his dad's still asking him that question. So I think that's really, really good advice, right? As a young athlete, it's amazing to have a dream. Like go play in the NFL, go play in the MLB, go, go be a, a dancer for, you know, at the highest level with mm-hmm. an, with a team or, you know, competing in college, like, but also have a plan. Like mm-hmm. there's absolutely, there's something that could go wrong, unfortunately. That's and, and a dream is a dream. Right. So I think that was really, really good. Something that, um, hit me personally. I mean, I love that, but like something that like hit me personally really hard. I had, um, coach Diljeet Taylor, who's the women's track and field coach at BYU. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. One of the most, I mean, every single one of my conversations was really, really fun. She was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, right now she's with one of her ex runners. Who's a, who's a pro in, I want to say Budapest at the worlds. I mean, like yeah. she's, yeah, she's the top of the top. And she just said, I, I just thought the way that she put it was you always hear about like, how you should be proud of yourself and how you should take a step back and realize like the things you've overcome and all the amazing you've done. And I think that's important. Yeah. She said also every once in a while, put yourself in your 10 year old version of yourself in their shoes. Like don't just take a step back to like, Oh, a year ago, where was I versus where I am now? Like go back all the way when you're a kid and, and introduce yourself and talk about like all the, the amazing things you're doing now. And it like made me want to cry. Cause like some, you know, it's so easy to compare and it's so easy to, to hate on ourselves and, and what we're doing. Like, especially, you know, me, especially it's like, man, I'm not, I'm not in the NBA anymore. Like I, I'm not yeah. doing this, that, and the third, like there's so many things you aren't doing. Mm-hmm. But if I told my 10 year old self, like, Hey, you're traveling all over the world with team USA. You did play in the NBA. Like you played against LeBron James. Like you did this, you did that. Like mm-hmm. he'd be amazed, you know? And, he and, absolutely and would. He absolutely would. So it's important to, to take that giant step back and, you know, realize how, how lucky you are and how much you've done. I think that's absolutely beautiful. Talk to yourself like you would talk to your child, like yeah. your child self. Yeah. I don't know They'll if that's love the it. right term. They'll love it. 
I love that. All right. And you actually, I want to talk a little bit more about this. You mentioned Steve Young's mm-hmm. dad. How can this podcast particularly help parents? Yes. I think it will help parents potentially more than than athletes or, or the same amount. I don't mm-hmm. want to say more. The same amount because it's hard navigating this world as a parent too. Mm-hmm. Like the kids don't know exactly what to do and how to set themselves up for after sports, like for after something that's been their entire life, but neither do the parents, you know, this is the first time you've been through it as well. Right. Um, and, and so nobody has all the answers, but I just think hearing the more experiences, the more stories, the more examples that you hear as a parent are going to help you be able to, to guide your kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Like obviously never, never forcing them, never pushing them. You'll hear a lot of the people that come on our, um, podcast too are our parents and have kids like John Stockton has five kids that all played division one sports. Wow. Right. And so hearing him talk about, I never pushed them to do this. I never pushed them to do that. I let them do this. Like, but then, you know, how, once they made decisions, how he then helped them and, and, and guided them and gave them the know-how to, to achieve those goals and their dreams, whatever it was. So for one long winded answer, <laughs> We're we have we have parents on the show that have been through it and then have done it mm-hmm. themselves and then as parents. And two, I just think hearing these same stories that that we hope their children hear will just give them ideas, right? We'll just help them to encourage their kids to do all those things I was saying earlier. Build a LinkedIn page, build their network, get an internship, you know, get a summer job, whatever it is. Um, to just be ready for after sports. There you go. All right. Well, Eric, it has been amazing talking to you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. We are going to do something called the Fresh Five, which means we always end our podcast with this. I I ask you five random questions that you don't know. (laughs) Right. Nothing to do with your podcast. They're just to get to know you as Eric. So my very first question for you is, who is your favorite superhero and why? There you go. This I love is a, Thor. We, <laughs> he's amazing. Why? Uh, Why would you choose I Thor? Mean, just look at him. You know, <laughs> he's beautiful to look at. I mean, you're not wrong. Incredibly strong. Uh, there uh, you go. Very funny. You know, the, I'm not a comic person, but I've seen the yeah the movies. The movies. The movies are hilarious. You know, Chris Hemsworth is, is unreal. So there you go. Funny I think and he's good my looking. favorite. Yeah, there funny and go. good looking. Good combo. <laughs> Perfect. What is your must-have movie snack? You're at the movies. What do you absolutely have to have? Got to be popcorn. Just the go. old classic. Do you put butter on it? Yeah, but not too much. Not like a sickening amount. Like sometimes okay. I see. Like the people that like it's stop. It's like soggy. They stop like a quarter of the way, butter it up. Stop halfway, butter yeah. up. Three-fourths. Uh-huh. It's like, come on. Okay. Let's see go. some popcorn, not some butter. <laughs> okay, your third question. Uh Fill in the sentence, fill in the blank. Yeah. Your day isn't complete without blank. My day isn't. Uh, like your day is just ruined if you don't do this one. Thing. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you were going to say like, what's something that happens every day. My day is ruined if I don't get my meditation in the morning. Oh, yeah. okay. Didn't see that one coming, did you? There you go. How long do you meditate for? Uh, it depends. You know, I have a couple different things that I go back and forth depending on how much time, but, mm-hmm. um, nothing crazy, maybe 10, 15 minutes max. I know lots of people who say the exact same thing. All right. Number four, what is your hidden talent oh, that maybe man. not everyone knows? This is uh this is a question that we ask our, our guests as well. well and they always hate it. And I'm like, why do they hate it? 
This is why they hate it. Well, there's no turn. answer. The tables there's have turned. A, they've turned. Um, man, uh, hidden talent. You know, in high school, before I went to Lone Peak, I went to like a performing arts school. Uh-huh. And so you had to take um, a performing art. And the easiest one was singing because yeah. you didn't have to learn an instrument. Anyways. It's the only A I never got in high school, by the way, was in choir. Okay. But I was in the acapella group, so I got some pipes on me. All right. Are you a tenor? Are you a bass? I was a baritone. Okay. Right in the middle. (laughs) I don't know what I'd be now. I mean, that's when I was 16, so my voice is probably deeper. But, I I mean, my wife would disagree. I think I'm a decent singer. I'm a a shower singer for sure. There we go. Hidden talent. Maybe we come get you back on and have you sing. Yeah, me and Thurl (laughs) Bailey could do like a duet or something. All right. There we go. And then your final question of the Fresh Five is, what makes you laugh the hardest? Oh, I'm a big uh, TV show guy. So I have a lot of shows that I just recycle through. I tell everyone like, I almost can't watch serious shows because life is already too serious, you know. So you I just, know what? You and I are in the exact yes. same page. So I just like watching funny shows. I'll watch them over and over. I've seen, you know, certain um, shows three or four times, and I'll just crank through them again. I don't care. Which ones? I mean, I love The Office. The Office is a classic. I love Parks and Rec. I know people will love those too. Um, Community is one that's a little bit lesser known. Rick uh-huh. and Morty. Uh-huh. Okay. Throw some cartoon in there. Um, Seinfeld, <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm, both very similar. Plenty of yeah, them. There a you lot go. of shows. There you go. Okay. Well, now we learned a little more about you. Well, Eric, it has been amazing talking to you. I know. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for coming in. And everyone who has listened, thank you so much. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe, and we will catch you next time. Yes. Thank you. Congrats, you made it to the end. If you want to continue to freshen up your day, you can watch us on Fresh Living every weekday on CBS Channel 2 in Utah at 1 o'clock. You can also watch us on our YouTube channel, KUTV Fresh Living, and follow us on social media. We will see you next week.